1: wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show if you can handle it and i hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up then please proceed with podcast of terror I
0: mean that
1: yeah,
2: professionally ah <laughs> uh, fuck All right, sweet. So well, That's nice and narrow. That's good. How are things? I think he's talking to you because he's been talking to me already. I'm talking me. to everybody. Oh. I don't really give a shit. <laughs>
0: uh, You know, they're okay. It's raining.
2: Mm. I think today's the first day it hasn't that's rained it. in like a month. So take your complaints yeah, elsewhere.
0: Well, it's it's it is what it is, you know. I, I I'm fine with it when I'm inside. When I gotta go fucking out in it,
2: it's like it will snow soon enough.
1: See, yeah. I'm the exact opposite is that the rainy stuff keeps happening while I'm at work, and so I'm pissed off because I leave and it stopped raining already, and I don't get to actually enjoy it. I'm totally morbid about the fact that I live in a place where it actually rains now, and I don't I don't get any of it.
2: We've gotten like record record amounts of rain. It's stupid. I feel like I can.
0: Like that here. Well, me and my um, my girlfriend does special effects makeup, and she um, did like this whole prosthetic piece, uh, for Halloween. And so she wanted to go out and take it, but you know she doesn't want to take it when it's fucking sunny outside. She wants to go out when it's gloomy as all fuck. So. So I was out
2: in the rain today. Yeah, so she's doing all right, I guess. Yeah. So, it's been a while.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when's, I don't know. When's
2: the last time I was on? Oh, fuck. If I was smart, <laughs> I would have the sheet. You don't have to look it up. I was on. No, 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 no. It. it's really not that hard. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> Let's see if my internet's going to work. Who knows? Yeah. Although, if you can still hear me, it's still working. So I got that going for me.
1: Let's put it this way. I think the last time you were on, Matt was only doing the one podcast.
2: Now <laughs> he's doing three. I liked it. Um, you have another one? Yeah. It was June 9th. No, no. Okay. July 9th. I'm bad at numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sobriety.
0: Am I the only guest who's been on this many times? No.
2: Um I think Jack's been on like 13 times.
1: Oh damn. Yeah, you gotta, gotta ways to go up. But Jack Jack is officially a co host.
2: Yeah, I saying, but Jack and Erica have I think Erica's almost at ten. Jack's at like thirteen. I think you're I next. How
0: many times have I Like what seven?
2: I don't know. The search in Google Sheets is not working.
0: Please.
1: I think it's the same number of uh fingers that Matt likes up his
2: butt. We're about to find out. Please hold. Um, Please hold. Is also good instruction. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Just stick him in there and wait for Mister Hansy. One, two. This is fucking slow. Uh, Isn't this fun? Three. This is only your fourth time. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Uh, no. July.
0: Hostel. I was on for hostel. I was on for. A cure
2: for wellness. wellness. Black Christmas. Oh shit! Okay, this is five. I rolled over. This you is on. five. Yeah.
0: And then we had um. What were we doing? We did behind the mask yep. in June. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Damn! Yeah, I gotta step
1: up. <laughs> That's five, so that means Matt has to send you a jacket. What? You go by SNL
2: rules. Good.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: ja- I had
2: to. send I get it. a
0: I get a POT jacket
2: now. Yeah, a letter a letter jacket. I sent uh, a letter
0: jacket. Jacket.
2: Yeah, up, they're the the same watch. material as the Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> Trust us, you look great in it. <sighs> I had done. Both I only own for... one
0: jacket. What's that? I said I only own the one jacket, so it would be nice to get something else because people are starting to comment on my odor.
1: Uh, for the uh, the first podcast I did, it was basically a group of my best friends. Uh, but I, I made us bowling shirts one year um, with the, the logo for the podcast on the back and all of us had nicknames and stuff, and they were embroidered on the front. What do cool. we do for pot? I mean, I'm, I'm pushing bathrobes because I'm... I just feel like that's who I am as a person. Also, I knew Anthony was going to be on here, and there was no way I was going to try to compete with that.
2: <laughs> <The> <laughs> like next- he's bringing that kind of heat, and I'm like, no, fuck that. The next time he's on, let's just all wear black jackets. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or uh, uh, pink ladies. Pink jackets. ladies. Oh, <laughs> right. I thought you just wanted to wear the skin of pink ladies. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's pink babies. Oh. I don't think I'll fit into a pink baby. Not one. Oh, I need to. It's to like a mink stole. String a bunch oh, together. Jesus what? Sweet Jesus! It's not that bad.
0: <sighs> I feel like every time, every time I talk to you, Matt, I feel like I need to take a shower afterwards. That's fine.
2: <laughs> Imagine how my wife feels. <laughs> Why don't we just start doing this in the shower? We could. We sound fantastic.
0: You lose, you lose subscribers if I, if you, if anyone saw this in the shower.
2: Well, that's why you just do it from the the tits up.
1: Also, last week Matt and uh, Randy Fitzsimmons were doing the longest episode of the show.
0: I saw. I didn't watch it live, but I went back and I was like. This episode's
1: fucking four hours long. Why is it so fucking long? Uh, <laughs> I mean, so I'd love like to see when the hot oh, water runs out at Matt's place
2: and just the shriveled dick of
1: uh, <laughs> four hours in a cold shower.
2: oh uh, I mean, don't, don't worry about me. I have like a 50-gallon hot water tank. Yeah. And a tiny uh, penis.
1: But which one of you would scrub the other
2: ones back? Who um fuck the loser of a series of games of war, the card game okay, so seems pretty simple to me
0: yeah ends the rules yeah, right mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> <sighs> so I don't what have you been up to yet? it's I mean, it's only been like three months
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing I mean
2: um, <laughs> you didn't you didn't release fourteen different movies no i called
0: literally i got i finished doing the show climbed into my coffin and i just got out of the coffin for this show
2: wow didn't you do
1: matilda after the last time that we hung out
0: oh yeah i did do that too and i and i had a film that came out but yeah but all from the coffin
1: just those two things
0: just those two things Hmm. oh um yeah i've been dabbling dabbling and stuff you know paying the bills or attempting
2: to. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, the government comes after you, so you probably should.
0: Yeah. It's that's, that's,
2: that's, that's kind of important. Yeah. So you really haven't released any movies? I mean, I'm. I'm... Um,
0: yeah. I'm, well, uh, I did Abstraction. Abstraction came out in
2: I know August. We, I was going to say, we briefly talked about it last time, but I couldn't remember if it's been out because I drank a lot.
0: And then, yeah, and then I directed Matilda. Mm. But other than that. I can't. I. I didn't. No, I didn't do anything else. I've just been trying to, trying to, behave like a human or attempt to. You know,
2: <laughs> I. I mean, I assume you have something else coming out shortly.
0: Trying to blend in the functioning society. No, I. um Wow.
2: This is the 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 least busiest you've ever been when we. Yeah. I, yeah. One movie, and
1: one play in three months' time. You fucking slacker. Yeah.
2: Right. You piece of shit. <laughs> you should just fucking kill yourself. Uh, no, it's, I it's, it's
0: like, I feel like I, I'm, it's not that I feel burned out. I just, I want to, like, a lot of the stuff that's been coming to the forefront of my brain recently has just been like the same stuff. So I'm trying to, like, really, like, I, I want my next thing to be like, oh, something new or something different. I don't want it to just be the same. If that makes sense, I don't know. I'm talking about my ass.
1: Are you talking about doing different? genre or are you talking about
0: I, I, I don't know I don't know what it I don't know what it means. I, 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 I wanna I, I I'm working on like so I've been working on a book uh since January and I'm in the last draft right now before I send it off to a publication company. Um but now after rereading it I think I might go through another couple drafts because I'm like oh it's not like it's a totally it, writing a book is a totally different fucking beast. It's something I've never I've never done it before. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll try it. I mean, how hard can it be? It's really fucking hard.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's my entire life's goal. And uh yeah, you know, um, but you're you're you January to now I've I've just finished this draft and I, I might take a couple more passes at it. I'm like
0: no, but you, but you like you get you get it. I'm just I'm 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 one of those pretentious assholes who assumes that like, oh, how hard could it be?
1: No, you're one of those achieving assholes, which is just <laughs> as bad, if not worse, uh, to, to me, the not achieving asshole.
0: You're an achieving asshole,
2: though, or uh, not? I, I achieve being an asshole.
0: <laughs> there achieved. is that.
2: I'd like to eat asshole. It doesn't. Oh, I was like, is that not what we're talking about?
0: No. Yeah, we're we're talking
2: about that too. That's between that's
0: between the lines of our conversation.
2: It's almost like a crack. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: No, but yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's not even really. I mean, I don't consider it a novel. It's like a bunch of short stories that I wasn't able to compile into film. So I, they're like scripts that I had written over the years, and I just compiled them into structured narrative, like a a book, as opposed to a film. So you just wrote. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, took, you just, I took,
1: you just did the writing. You did the effective storytelling. Well, uh, it, it's
0: all dialogue. It was all dialogue, so I had to. So I had to think. I had to do the extra step because usually when you when you direct something, I, you can, like it can come as as you're on set. Like, you can write the lines and they can take on a new meaning on set. Like, oh, what did I mean when I wrote this? I'm going to have her move over here and do this or, or whatever. But when you're doing a book, you have to know where the fuck these characters are going
1: yeah. and the yeah. emotional
0: journey and the physical journey. And it's so different.
1: Yeah, I find that I do a lot of um, dialogue-heavy stuff. And so what I'm missing is that that kind of active imagery uh, when I write. And that's always what I struggle with. It, I, I hear people talk. Uh, I have ideas as to who they are, and, and and it kind of plays out in that way. But, God, those motherfuckers need to do something.
0: And it's, it's so, like, they're totally, like, writing a film, a screenplay and a novel are two fucking totally different things. Which yeah, is I wrote, I, which is the issue I take sometimes with you know Stephen King not liking his adaptations, is like he doesn't get that they're two different mediums and things that work in a novel necessarily won't work in a film.
1: And didn't a, he do the, the actual script for Sleepwalkers?
0: He did the script for a lot. He did the script for Sleep Sleepwalkers. He did the script for, and sometimes it works. He did the script for uh, Pet Cemetery. And that's my, favorite, okay. that's my favorite horror film ever made. He did I just
1: his- remember Sleepwalkers being advertised like it was, like, Stephen King's really hardcore involved in it this time. And, and that it thing was a,
0: a, a train wreck.
1: Oh, God, yes.
0: <laughs> a flaming train wreck with exploding cats on it. And, yeah. like, even, like, people love Maximum Overdrive, and I can't get into it. I tried so hard to get into it, and I can't.
1: It's so campy 80s, and it, it so perfectly encapsulates that kind of, like, caught in a in a room thing with characters and the the different character archetypes are played really well i think i think it lucks out because it has some actors who were very early in their careers who were quite good um so it it all comes together plus a fucking ac DC and a truck with the green goblin face on the front that's you true can't <laughs> argue with how the imagery of that all comes together into something magical is it the best movie in the world? No, I think Tremors is a better example of kind of the same thing. <laughs> I love
0: Tremors so much. <laughs> just, I, uh, they're in touch yeah. with each other, right? Well, I think the issue the issue with it comes from like you have like the trailer comes out and the truck is like center center of the frame and Stephen King walks out and the synthesizer music from Halloween three is playing and he's like, I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. I'm like, Stephen King right is. Campy's eighty. You're not the master of suspense
1: and horror anymore. Yeah, and and Stephen King is the the master of shitting the ending too. It is, he, he's a fantastic writer that takes you all the way along this journey and then gets to the end. And he's like, wah, wah.
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, and there are some times where, I, like, I I you know, like, I think his endings where it's not like, but what if this isn't the ending? The endings where he bookends it and it's done. I think are fine. Like the ending of misery is fine. Paul Sheldon gets away. Annie Wilkes is dead. That's it. Or the ending of of uh, the Shining. Well, uh, you know, Which was um, it? Jack, <laughs> Jack Torrance is dead, and Wendy and Danny get away. But not really the ending because they're coming out with they have Dr. Sleep. But you know, it's like it. The the book itself is book ended.
1: Which uh, we should let people know if they haven't looked at the title of the show yet, that uh, this is actually this episode is going to be about a Stephen King story uh, taken to film at 1408, which honestly, I think in in, as far as what I've experienced in the films of these two properties, I think is a better version of The Shining than The Shining is.
0: I was going to bring it up because I agree 100 percent. And I tell people that there are people that don't like that movie. And I think it's better than the. I think it's better than The Shining. But we'll get into that.
2: Yeah. Oddly enough, I watched The Shining. I t- don't want to end.
0: We're 15 minutes in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's not our load too early in the show. We haven't talked about Taco Bell yet. Oh, what's new at Taco Bell? <laughs>
0: That's right. We usually don't get to the film till about 45 minutes. In. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so it, it Matt, to answer your question, Taco Bell News, uh, there is a lawsuit going on from some couple Ooh. who determined that the $5 box offers are full of shit. Um, not the regular full of shit that you'd expect in a box of Taco Bell, but literally the, the advertising is false. And so um, they went to buy some burrito box thing, and it cost them three times as much as what the advertised price of 5 bucks is. And that's across the board something that Taco Bell's doing with all of their five dollar promotions is like, yeah, we'd say it's five bucks, but then there's this little teeny fine print over of white writing over gray backdrop that you can't see that says, yeah, but it's probably not really this price.
2: I've never not gotten a five dollar box for five dollars. What are you getting in it though? Well, whatever usually the the item, the special item is. So right now right now, double chalupa box, five dollars. That is what I would be getting.
1: Yeah, I guess it's by case by case of um, which franchise ownership it's under. But huh. yeah, so they, they're doing Taco Bell and it's just this couple and this lawyer and it's going to cost Taco Bell mil- millions of dollars. Um, I don't know. It, it False advertising is kind of a weird thing to, to push back on.
2: Yeah, no, it's super weird. But um, either way, I still got my $5 boxes. Other new items: Baja Blast, Birthday Freeze, and a Sour Strawberry Skittles Freeze. That's I'm not your, your taco I'm not a fan it. of the Baja Blast. I like the like, the zero sugar Baja Blast is really fucking good. Yeah, I
1: just I can't. They're about new flavors that go too far, you go too, too far, far away from the original source material.
2: You're too far from the source material.
1: I am also anything Baja sounds like it's going to be nasty like it needs rum to exist
2: agree to disagree
1: but there Anthony that was that was was my my stab at (laughs) trying to get us the usual bullshit out of the way before we can talk about the movie proper (laughs) (laughs) you didn't think I had one loaded up I always have one loaded up
2: (laughs) oh Oh, that's funny that's Um, my wife other so, this odd occurrence of like random Stephen King shit that's all happened in the past week. So, we watched my wife's never seen The Shining, so we watched that. Um, I was in Denver, which is right by the Stanley Hotel, which is what this movie, this, The Shining, is based off of.
0: The one in Colorado, yes.
2: So, we're talking about going back out there to actually stay at The Stanley, which you can stay in room 237 for right. the prime price of $500 a night. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'll just we'll just stay there. It doesn't have to be that room. Um, but they're also turning Stephen King's house into a museum and writers retreat in Maine.
0: He's not gonna live there anymore. Nope. Wow. So they,
2: it, got, it was like unanimously voted. I think by... he probably
0: got sick of all the people coming to visit.
2: Well, that that was part of it. So now he's just like, let just making a museum and a writer retreat, and we're gonna fucking move somewhere else.
0: Because I used to go when I was anytime I would go to Maine, I would always. Stop by his house because he always has the red. He always would always put a red balloon in the window.
2: Oh, nice!
0: People take pictures of.
1: Was he moving out of the state, or is he just moving out of that house? He's just moving out of the house. There was
0: moving to New Mexico, and now all of his books are going to take place in New Mexico.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, that would be be a pretty big upset for Stephen King to not be in Maine anymore. Because I think that I even heard somebody say it the other day is. You didn't know shit about where Maine was until you found
2: Stephen King. <laughs> that's a good point. No one cares about Maine. Except the people who live there. Maybe the people who live there do. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Yeah, we actually have several friends of the show who live there so. Well, <laughs> there is that, but that's another and place we talked about going to was uh, that museum at his house.
1: <sighs> I like the idea of the writer retreat there.
2: Yeah, there's um. Five writers at a time can stay there. I don't know what the duration of the stay is, or what, however that works out. But it, I just saw that it was five people.
1: Yeah, talk about pressure to perform. So yeah, I, I want to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a story. I'm gonna do it in the Stephen King house. Yeah, it's five hundred bucks a night. Um, so I'm gonna write the back of a shampoo label at the Stephen King house, just so I know I can get something done and say that I did it.
2: Yeah, like I wonder is there any benefit to going to his writer retreat or just like, is it just a writer's retreat? You know what I mean? Like certain, certain bands record in certain re- recording studios because X band wrote, like r- recorded there. Is that, is there like a prestige to that, to writers? I don't know. I'm not a fucking writer. It's like you rub
0: his typewriter and you're instantly brilliant.
1: Right.
2: Right. Or or is somebody going to be the asshole who just goes in and
1: writes all work and no play and makes Jack a dull boy the entire time to be the guy who does it? All right. Um, well, I I do feel like as far as what I've read, and I've read a lot of books about writing. Stephen King's on writing is one of the most honest books about writing and and the process and stuff. It, it's not necessarily all advice that I follow,
2: but I <coughs> find that
1: book. yeah, it's a it's a great book. It's a great read because it's kind of an autobiography and uh, a thing about writing in one. But he. He doesn't really dance around stuff like a lot of books about writing are just a uh, thing about writing feeding you bullshit and kind of like playing out the, the same theme over and over again, and you don't really get anywhere. It's just the advice is in the title, and his is something else. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I got nothing to say to that. <laughs> I don't. You know I, mean? yeah. I don't understand the writing process or the writing side, so I was just leaving it up to you guys to kind of talk about that.
1: Don't leave it up to us, guys. Leave it up to Anthony. No. I
0: just, I fake it. <clears throat> <laughs> that's,
2: oh, that's great. That is what I do. Oh, tell your wife I'm, I'm sorry.
0: I pretend like I know what's going on.
2: <laughs> uh, well, since we got Taco Bell Minute out of the way, should we just start talking about the movie? I know it's really early to do so, but. I cannot no, nothing do nothing. No
0: news. There's no horror news or no nothing going on.
2: Not nothing that I know of. Nothing. It's like most of the shit already came out. October's almost <coughs> over. I, no.
0: I, I will say I was watching that. You, I saw that you guys were talking about Saw Three and Saw Four,
1: mm.
0: and I was really disappointed because Saw Four is one of my favorites. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't even remember that they watched it. I don't know that 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 yeah. discussion could definitely be revisited. Uh, in a much, much, much
2: Never shorter episode, uh, the, but p- the purpose of that episode was not to cover Saw three and four. It was to be <laughs> four hours long. <laughs> that's the purpose of the podcast. Oh, that true. is that is the the weekly show is to not talk about what movie. was
1: the re-
0: is there a record? Was there a record? That, or something? that is the
2: record. So it was three hours and thirty minutes and for
0: longest live stream.
2: Yeah, <laughs> now it's... For us. It's... Not for other people, fucking it's I mean, just we, shy of four hours. We've got hours. friends
1: who've done. Twenty-four hours or forty-eight hours for usually for That's charity insane. stuff. Yeah. But Oh yeah, our longest. You should do the P
0: the POT telephone. You I thought about have it. Like Ten or twelve guests on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know if I could handle that. No. No, I would my, my I would just lose interest halfway through and just give up.
1: <laughs> He's already nodding off
2: now. <laughs> just, I don't <laughs> want to go to work tomorrow.
0: I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I was supposed to have tomorrow off. <clears throat> but they're like, can you come in tomorrow and not Sunday? I was like, I guess. I mean...
2: Fuckers. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't have said that.
0: Nah, I shouldn't have agreed with it, but I did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, just don't go to work and be like, "Hey, I was on this podcast last night. You should listen to it, especially the point where I say I hate my job."
0: <laughs> I call you a bunch of fuckers.
1: I mean, I don't hate the job. I just hate all you assholes that are here. We're it's, it's really, going to be specific about
2: it. I
0: just hate. I, just hate, I just hate you guys on weekdays.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking worst. It's almost Halloween,
0: though. Do you guys hand out candy?
2: I have one neighbor. Oh, no, nope, don't, don't. Yeah, it, it.
1: It. If people show up at Matt's house. They basically be in be a with fucking a carpenter film, and uh, it's it's just like it's it's the the cheese has eyes kind of thing. It's a, it's a weird mix of, like, you were in the right place, but in the middle of the very, very wrong place. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, what about we, you, Corey? Well, we just moved into the house last year around this mm-hmm. time, so uh, I, I got uh, Candy to pass out, and we had probably about five, maybe ten at most people stop by, but this house had been un- unoccupied for a number of years, um so even though we're in a in a pretty good spot and we're right across the street from the the restaurant i don't think people expected that there was somebody who was going to open up the door and everything and like we look even worse now <laughs> we just we came up on mowing the lawn about a month and a half or so ago i was just like i'm too <laughs> fucking tired just let me go and uh so it it definitely moodier is is the point of view um we haven't decorated and that's, that's kind of disappointing because we want to get to that point where we're going to start doing decorations for holidays and stuff. <clears throat> we're planning something really light for Christmas of this year because we didn't do Christmas at all last year.
0: Okay.
1: Other than our cat showing up in our backyard and going, oh, hey, we got a miracle kitten who's a fucking dick. Uh, so I'll, I'll get candid and pass out. But beyond that, it's going to be pretty light again, I think.
0: Well, we used to. I used to put out <clears> – because <throat> I live in an apartment building because so I'm in New York um, – I used to put out um, decorations, like, outside, but they all kept getting stolen, so I just stopped putting shit out. Yeah. People kept stealing them. I'm like, what are you going to do with a with a foam skeleton that I'm hanging outside? What the fuck are you going to do with it?
2: Um, sometimes yeah. I think it's just about taking things instead of what they're doing with it. I'm just like, I'm just going to take this.
0: Yeah. Why? Just because it's there. But, well, I, and- you know, I...
2: It's it's the thrill of stealing shit. They don't give a fuck what they're gonna do with it. It probably ended up in a garbage, but they stole it. That's kinda of fucked up. It's super <laughs> fucked up. But <laughs> that is that is kids. My
1: uh my I I'm gonna say kid brother, but he's twenty-five. Uh he he's um his group that I'll have uh I don't really know exactly what it is, but he's he's got uh Asperger's he's in a group of people that are all kind of supportive and things. So this this group had done a pumpkin decoration thing uh, a couple weeks ago when I was there visiting. And uh, I guess somebody went and smashed the pumpkins that were, that were made by some of the people. Oh, that's and fucked up. It, it's fucked up, but I was trying to let them know that's not something that is specific to you or your group. That is it's probably not they wanted to do it. Right. It has yeah. probably has nothing targeted towards you guys. It, which i know can very much be the case. I I'm like this is just the destruction of pumpkins. Like there's a band called Smashing Pumpkins because it's such a, an innate thing. Uh it's just realistically that's what kids do. Uh especially around Halloween and and I'm from Michigan so we have Devil's Night. I don't know if we still have Devil's Night. Um because I'm far enough away from Detroit, but it is a a thin here that the night before Halloween is just people go out and go fucking havoc wild.
2: Isn't every night uh, in Detroit Devils night?
1: Well, kind of.
2: Yeah, but yeah, Detroit I, sucks. Right, it's all right. <laughs> I've never been there. <laughs> I it's mean, I've flown San through Francisco. the airport, but I've never been there. I guess. It's
1: Better than San Francisco. Ooh, I do For not one. like San Francisco. We have Coney Islands. We have chili dogs. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's um it's reasons like that. Like people smashing pumpkins are the reason I love movies like trick or treat mm-hmm. where they just fuck up the people that are shitting on the holiday. And like, yeah. it's, I, 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 I sometimes consider checking myself into a mental institution because I'm like, you know, in a lot of those films, I'm like, yeah, go. Even like during, uh, did you ever know see Joker?
2: Not yet. Is it good? No.
0: I fucking loved it.
2: Ooh, I, loved I think we think so we're...
0: Fucking much, but like, you know he gets bullied and beat down all this stuff, and then when people get there, the shit that's coming to them, I'm like fuck yeah, and I shouldn't be doing that because that's fucking he's like murdering people. Mm-hmm. But it's like,
1: it's there's like, always a fine line of rooting for the villain. There's always a fine line for rooting for the 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 murderer in in these slasher flicks and stuff that we watch. Like people it got it got to a point where Freddy Krueger, because he's so entertaining, was people were like cheering for right it's in his films. But he is also a child rapist right. and, <laughs> and murderer. Uh but that's that's the that's the therapeutic version of the the scary movie stuff and and these horrific films is that you one, you feel a a connection to the Joker because he, he's going through all this abuse and stuff. You you recognize that you you are familiar with it yourself, you empathize. Um the fact that he takes it through this exacting thing of like killing people and stuff. And I haven't seen the movie either. Um, that's the fantasy, but it is living out the fantasy. And in doing that, he puts on fucking clown makeup, right? So it, it it's <clears throat> it's not supposed to be taken seriously in that regard. And there is sort of a a kind of bent of like, yeah, but man, if I could beat up the people who used to beat me up, how nice would that be? You just, we just know that we're enlightened enough to it's understand. It's like vicarious
0: insanity.
1: Right. That is that is a very good uh, way of putting it.
0: But it's like, and it's like you know he's not he's not going out you know why he just wants people to like each other and he wants people to smile. He just has a very sadistic way of going about it. <laughs> he just wants what we all want. We just want it, everyone to get along, and he's just he's taking it into his own hands
1: the best way to get people to get along is to get rid of about half of them
0: <laughs> that's right
1: i like your
2: stance actually but he's
0: a, he's a he's a it's a very good film you know people are like oh, it's uh it's uh uh sending the wrong message i'm like no it's letting you know that there are people like this out here out there and don't be an asshole you're just interpreting that way because you probably have like some pent up feelings towards this but it's, it's a movie I mean, you're going to be entertained
2: yeah i'm
1: i'm i've been abstaining because i don't like the the window dressing of the joker and in a story that has nothing to do with the joker that that's the thing that always bugs me is is
0: I, yeah the film could have literally been called anything else i think it was anything.
1: called taxi driver and you t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going off a joke. I I've not seen the movie. I've never actually watched Taxi Drivers, so
0: I mean it's good. It's really good and like, you know, they have the whole connection to to um like other DC characters like Thomas Wayne is in the movie.
1: Yep, I've heard and that.
0: Like you could change that and you could change the fact that it's
1: it it, it doesn't so need good. to be there. It it's it's it, uh it was a message. Yeah.
0: I mean but, I'm glad they did it I'm glad for this new take on the Joker He might be my new He's up there He's maybe tied with Heath For my second favorite Joker My favorite Joker will always be Jeff Nicholson But He may be tied for second with Heath Ledger Because he was that good
1: Yeah and I, I hear his performance is great And, and that's the I don't want to discount the, the quality of the movie The quality of the performances Or anything else like that It's just One, it's not really the fact that I haven't seen Taxi Driver kind of already alludes to the fact that it's not my jam. Mm -hmm. And uh, two is that that was was the stance they took when I first heard it announced. It's like, why are they calling us Joker when it's not actually about Joker? It's not going to be a character that has anything to do with Batman, it's not going to happen.
0: And he's not going to be in any of the Batman, he's not in Matt Reeves' Batman movie or anything. They're not setting up another film,
1: and it's a one shot. And there's so many things in comics where they do one shots or they do Else Worlds, DC's does world stuff all the time where they do it an alternative take i and that's all okay it was just this one stuck in my craw at a point in time where comic movies i felt were especially on the warner brother dc side were just kind of like they didn't give a shit about how anything worked together and that's what i've already dealt with with the x-men movies um and what i like about the marvel movies is yes they might be formulaic but they they synchronize really well you feel like you're part of a universe when you watch any of the Marvel movies, how they all tie in together. I think that's, for me, a, a better take as a comic book guy. Right. But I, I'm not saying that DC or like the current DC, because obviously past DC, I go back to Christopher Reeve, Superman. That's still like the top of the, the heap. Uh, but I feel like DC has had some good movies in their current crop of films. Um, or at least really enjoyable movies. And it doesn't really hinge on, well, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are the same universe. Uh, you can kind of skip over that. But it's, it's just so cool when you have Captain America and Thor and Iron Man all in their separate films. And then they sync up so well in their, in their Avengers movies until it's done. And that's kind of the thing. is like after the last Avengers movie and, and after Spider-Man kind of putting the final pin in it it just feels like it's also done and it's hard to get excited about whatever's coming up next um now that we have much clue about it so there's benefits and there's there's detriments on both sides of it but i don't know it's no yeah joke. i
0: mean it's, it's it's very like i'm i'm honestly so sick of the mcu oh sure it, it's 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 great you know people are loving those films but and they're in love with these characters, but they're not, I don't think that, I, I, maybe I'm just tired of epics. I'm tired of movies that are like, oh, you yes. know, like those big, <laughs> that, that you know, they're just milking that cash cow for everything it's worth. And they keep coming up with creative ways to, to progress that story, but I'm so tired of it.
1: Well, I mean, like, well, I'd rather
0: go to a little art house theater and see, and see a heart wrenching drama than, than a, the next marvel
1: film well that's the scorsese thought process that uh, francis ford Coppola just said something similar to what scorsese has been saying is that i don't i don't like the idea that these people are saying that these movies are are hideous and and bad examples of filmmaking because they're not they're if you if you no, have a you've made that gets that much enjoyment from people it's obviously it's doing something right but i think that it's all that you're really seeing or all that you're really hearing about and i feel like the it, it's it goes hand in hand with the remake culture which i don't love the uh tell the same stories over again or uh reboot something that happened 20 years ago or even 10 years ago in some cases um or it, we're so insistent that we have to have a third ghostbusters movie even though the yeah. of the ghostbusters stuff is kind of been and gone a long time ago, and Ghostbusters Two was kind of already sketch as it was. Um, it, it's just, it's, oh, yeah. Well, it's too bad that we don't have that creativity to say we can make new stuff. But the the reality is that the audience is so nostalgia driven and familiarity driven that they don't care. It's far easier to do a new take on Child's Play, but have the Child's Play name than to make something new that even has similar themes to child's play, but call it something else and expect the audience to still show up.
0: And see, the thing that's sad is that there are filmmakers out there who want to tell those stories, but they're not given the audience and they're not given the chance to tell those stories or the budget to tell those stories because people, there's not people having something with a built in fan base. It's easier to get a crowd in seats. Than it is yeah. to build up a fan base, and even you look at, I love, I loved um, Jordan Peele's Get Out, mm-hmm. and that was like, oh, people were like, and it brought something new. And every time we get a film like that, it's like, it people are like rushing to the theaters, like, oh, it's so amazing, but we're not getting enough of it.
1: I mean, I like, should on uh, Hereditary. All the time, every chance oh, I get
0: I shit on hereditary too. But it wasn't the
1: original story. It was somebody's original idea and they put it together. And for good or ill, you know, they they made their art and they stood behind it. And I, I see a lot of value in that. And the fact that the guy did Midsummer and Midsummer seems to be getting a lot of Midsummer was
0: great. Yeah, I love Midsummer. That. It was everything that I wanted hereditary to be. Hereditary was just boring. I didn't find it I found that the the scary moments were scary, and the unsettling moments were unsettling, but the characters around it were uninteresting. Yeah, and it just and didn't feel like... It. No, and in the ending, I was like, what the fuck? This is what we're leading up to? Whereas, I felt like I was high watching Midsummer, <laughs> Like, because, like, two characters will be talking, and they'll have, like, that wavy Instagram filter going on with the trees in the background, because they're <laughs> on shrooms in parts of the scene. I was
2: high but watching, Men's but it's
0: summer. like you're on shrooms with them. What do you that say? Was, I said, that, that was, was legitimately I was high.
2: Steven Summer. was also. Were, were you really? Yeah. Um. I told. I told.
0: <laughs> so how are you? How are, How is it for you?
2: I thought it was great. I, I watch,
0: the movie oh, you know, I didn't. I I wasn't on anything when I watched.
2: Yeah, I watched it. I and Matt was
1: so it. fucked up. He thought everything was running straight.
2: Well, he, <laughs> he just like, <laughs> wow. This is everything, like I, a I, documentary about librarians and shit. No, I I really liked it. I want to watch it. Like straight to make sure I still like it, but I I had texted uh, Jack and told him what I was gonna do, and he's like, "Be careful! It's a fucking crazy movie." I um, just
0: watched the director's cut. Is that I really? I, yeah, I really wish I hadn't.
2: Oh, all right. I will. Not, was, I will not try and watch it then.
0: It was too long and uh, too extended and too explaining. Like the images, he didn't let the images speak on their own. The scenes were extended. There was so much extra stuff that didn't need to be there. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't see th- If I saw that version in the theaters, I probably wouldn't have liked it. How it
1: long would have felt was like it? Predatory. Exactly. But You know, uh, I, I listened to uh Broke Bot Mountain podcast uh, by friends of ours, uh, David Lizader and Phil Rude the other day. They had done Bad Times at the El Royale, Ooh. which was a fake Cool little movie. And and it was by Drew Goddard. And Drew Goddard had worked on Cabin in the Woods with Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Yeah, he's a Joss Whedon disciple. Uh, and both of those. That movie was pretty
0: good, too. I did like, like it. Yeah. Uh, the, the El, uh, Battle of the Elric.
2: times of
1: the El. Red. Yeah. And both those movies are good style of films. I think when people find them and they watch them, they're like, oh, this is this is pretty good. A lot of cool characterization. The, the reveals are good. Yeah. Uh, bad times a little long but it still it it pays off I think, off, I think yeah. in a great way and in both those cases those films didn't make any money in the theaters or they, they didn't make what they needed to even make their budgets I think uh, but in both cases they're original creations that you look at it later on you go oh shit why did I miss this why did I not go see this and I think because they're advertised wrong and I think because people's expectations are already
2: like yeah, bad times of the El Royale. It's got Thor in it, but where's the next Thor? Hey, funny story. The keynote speaker at the conference I was at was Thor Stunt Double. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. That's all I got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but how did you feel, feel about
2: I... Bell? I don't know. I didn't get I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I was too busy doing drugs in Colorado. Good for you. Hey man.
0: He did his he did as many. He's he, other, other, you know, other like, like chipmunks store food in their cheeks for the winter. M- Matt stores pot so he can't I, where it's
2: legal. I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, it's legal here. And
0: he stores it into his cheeks for the winter. I
2: wasn't the only person who I, made a I, specific you, trip from people I had Matt talking to there.
0: You, you know, <laughs> you do you.
2: I'm J man. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Um, but like and like, Bad Times at the El Royale still feels nostalgic in the sense that I love like those Western clue who done it, stranger yeah. strolls into a bar in the middle of a storm movies. But I didn't need a remake of something to tell me that story. It told me that story in a different way.
1: Yeah, uh, there's there's things that are evocative of old stuff that don't cheat. I, it, I mean, it it feels maybe a little bit like a cheat. Stranger Things is so in line with the the 80s stuff that it's emulating that you kind of feel like oh yeah this goes hand in hand like yeah this must be this music must be heard before you know these characters must be but it's not it's an original story that's done in such a way that it makes you think about all the cool things that you've had whereas something like ready player one just inserts all that nostalgia in there just tries to strangle you with it
0: that's right and which was still a good movie i still enjoyed it a lot
1: it's yeah, just, well, Spielberg did a good job of it. But everybody kept telling me, oh, you've got to read Ready Player One. You've got to read that. It's it's your book. It's so your book because it's like all the nostalgia shit and all this stuff, like how you just come up with the top of your head, like this is a story about you. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to read that story because that's the part of me that I don't like is that sure. I talk in quotes. I, I talk in like the references and stuff that people right. that I assume people know. And then I have to explain when they don't get it. Um, I work with... <laughs> With, I work in IT and uh, the other IT guys and stuff are the same fucking person as I am. They we make the same jokes, we do the same voiceovers. It's it's unfortunate, not because they're bad or they're not fun, but it loses something because like, well, that's my shtick. And it's not a great shtick. You know
0: <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I do the same thing. I everything is in quotes. When anyone someone talk anytime someone talks to me, they'll like they'll have a keyword in their conversation that I know will tie into a Harry Potter quote. Or a Star Wars quote, or a Jurassic Park quote, um, yes. and I'll just switch into it. Like we were, at, I was in Queens, up at the uh, the uh, uh, they have a farm up there with a maze and stuff, and they were playing movie soundtrack, and they start playing the the main theme from Jurassic Park,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I turn to my my buddy that I was with, and I go, Doctor
1: Grant, welcome. To Jurassic Park. Like I just like to start
0: doing that stuff because it's like it's just it's like in your switch.
1: head. It's but, the switch. But, but when we're looking at the movies of today and the, the comics and everything else like that, is we were all raised on the same shit. It's like a fucking inbreeding of ideas. And right. so we're 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 royal royalty blooding ourselves into having nothing new because we just right. kind of want to keep doing the same thing over and over again.
0: Or we like, we make it so like we spoon feed. So like, so like Ready Player One, the book is really different from.
2: It's very, very different from the movie.
0: From the movie. Yeah. Like the, the book references like Metropolis and things like abs- for obscure actual nerds, not those mainstream nerds that wear fake prescription glasses and are like, ooh, I watched all three Back to the Futures in a marathon one weekend. I'm, I'm such a geek. Like they fucking get what uh, a sci-fi nerd is. They just know like, Oh, gremlins. Ooh, back to the future. Ooh, the iron giant. Like, which I love. I love all of those things. Yeah. But the fact that they had to change it so much makes it almost like, why didn't they just tell their own, a different story? If they were, if they were cause it's so different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, first of all, I want to, I want to say that for me, I don't believe that there's such a thing as, as fake nerds or fake geeks or or you're not fan enough. I don't I don't cut in any of that. I think if you like something, you like something. And you don't have to be well, at yeah. a competition level of like I like this as much as that person. So let me give you the test of uh, which was your first Uncanny X-Men issue or you know who was who was Alfred's uh, first girlfriend and what superhero to become and all these things. Like that, that I whole
0: gatekeeping mentality. Right.
1: Yeah, I hate that yeah. sense of mentality because it, it always, first of all, it always seems to target, uh, women, uh, more than anybody, but, but just in general, it's like, I would have loved to have been able to have a communication with people when I was younger to, to just like, this was my world. Reading comics was my entire world and that I couldn't have a, a straight conversation with somebody else about the stuff that meant so much to me because they just didn't get it at that point in time and now there's this whole thing is blown up and everybody's kind of been invited into my world and i get that some people feel protective of that because I like i was here first you know you're just raiding this country and taking over my la- oh that seems familiar uh anyway i i get that you feel protective of something that you valued for so long and all these people are coming in and not only are they not as familiar with it but they're changing the landscape of it now the the creators behind it are putting them first as their target audience instead of you so i'm i'm the hardcore guy like the joker movie for me isn't about joker's relationship with batman and the whole backstory of uh either jack napier if you go back to the the 80s movie or further back beyond that and and the things that i think would be inherent into a joker story aren't there But for a mainstream audience, this Joker story nails it because they give you a Joker and they give you a motivation for a Joker. And all the rest of that stuff that matters to me doesn't matter to them. They just want something that looks cool up on the screen and tells a good tale and and gives them a couple hours of entertainment. I'm not right. Yeah. But I still feel like, can I be losing something by that stuff existing and I don't get what I want? Maybe, but shit, that's the whole point of wanting to write stuff myself, is that I can make the thing I want, if I wanted to. I I don't necessarily have that drive or or ability, but it it's not anybody's fault that it doesn't exist, because if no audience was there, and it was just me sitting in a room, nobody's gonna make that fucking movie for me anyway. I'm not giving you, giving you your billion right. dollars. No,
0: yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, it's like, and I think that it's, <clears throat> it's most prominent in like things like like i loved the walking dead like the graphic novels yeah and then the further i got into the show the less it felt like an authentic version of what i loved about those stories yeah because it just seemed like it was it was catering more and more towards you know like the, again they brought in original elements like daryl who is a great character in the show or like even like um, Game of Thrones. I've never read Game of Thrones, but I have friends who have read them and don't like the TV show necessarily. I love the TV show. So I think, I, I think that's interesting that it works both ways.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you felt that who the, you are, it's the first five seasons or whatever of Game of Thrones, you felt that heat from people like, well, Jesus, you can't be surprised by what happened at the right wedding. It's been in the book for 30 years and all that shit, but right. um, at the same time, when the whole ending of the show shits the bed, we're all on the same page. That was fucking stupid. What did you do in that last season? You just fucked us? You completely fucked us. <laughs> Cersei had like five lines in the episode where she died. What bullshit? Anyway...
2: <laughs> I, I heard being... fucked and I got turned on. Yeah. <laughs> As you should be.
1: <laughs> no, I I, like I watched the Shazam movie a couple weeks ago. And did you like I, it? I, I did, but I had to turn off the part of my brain that was like,
2: I've read Shazam for 40 years. Oh, Shazam. And then I was some. thinking of Shaq's Kazam.
0: Right, That's what yes. I
1: thought the first time he said, like, no, he means, oh, he means, no, no. means the, the Zachary Levi movie. The, the Sinbad movie Shazam that doesn't exist. Uh, but, like, I loved what they did with it as, as a movie that is a superhero movie that is for a broader audience, for a younger audience, and things. I like the whole family aspect of it. I felt like there was so much there that was so true to what the ideology of the Shazam character, the Captain Marvel Shazam, character was that it it ekes out over what it wasn't you know okay so it's not just Billy Batson is the only Shazam and we don't get Mary and Captain Marvel Jr we don't have an Uncle Dudley or a Taki tawny or any of these other things um, but it it does something else that I think is true to what the ideals were of what the Shazam character was without without also being like a parallel to Superman which they've already got a Superman so why do that I, I get the changes that they made and I think because I was able to turn out that part of my brain that says well this isn't right it's like no but this is fun this is cute this is something else and again it's not really meant for me you know it's meant for kids today it, it's, it's hard to it, like when the Star Wars prequels came out I don't like them but the kids who saw them for the first time and that was their introduction to the Star Wars loved it you know they got something completely different out of it they got something wrong but still it's fine it's it's okay
0: that's why i mean that's why i i consider myself very lucky because you know my parents they, they're not like you know film experts they're not film enthusiasts but they like movies and they know what they like and they didn't try to i have friends who who were so sheltered and not allowed to see things uh when they were younger, or till they were a certain age, my parents, as long as I would sit and look at the screen, they would let me watch it. There was that was never an issue. So like, I'm over here like you know a baby in diapers. Ooh, Phantom Menace, and my dad's like, no, 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 no. A New Hope. <laughs> like you know they they made sure they let me see the 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 uh,
1: original trilogy.
0: My dad took they, my dad took me to see the prequels, all of them, in theaters. But there was a little dollar theater near us, and he took me to see the original trilogy first. Yeah. So that I could appreciate and enjoy. But he didn't say, "Oh no, you can't see the prequels; it's unorthodox, whatever." He would just he wanted to my horizons. I if I wanted to watch Goonies, he let me watch Goonies. Um, I remember the one film that I was like, I thought it was so I thought the cover was so scary when we went to the movie rental place was Little Shop of Horrors. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The cover for it. It just I was like, oh like and then he, he showed it to me and I'm obsessed. It's such it's such I didn't I didn't anticipate something so like upbeat and funny but scary at the same time and not scary now, but you know, to a
1: four year old. A it's giant like, plant that just eats people whole, that, that's fucked up.
0: Yeah, and it's like, but now as an adult, I look back at it, and I think it's hilarious.
1: Oh, of course. I think I mean,
0: it's so funny.
1: Like, I sit in my car sometimes, and we'll still sing the uh, Steve Martin, You'll Be a Dentist the song. Dentist
0: song? Yeah. And it, and it's like, and that, movies like that are what got me into, like, I started to do my own special effects. I made so many Audrey 2 puppets as a kid. Like I started out with stock puppets. I then I got into paper and mache and that's how I ultimately got into like uh, taking photographs of them and put making them into like little comics, which gave me the basic concept of what editing is now. Yeah. But with video. So I would make like these little uh, these little pictures and I'd cut them out, I'd glue them into a book into like the way they would appear with like thought bubbles and speech bubbles, and then I got a video camera and I, and they my parents taught me how to do that stuff so i feel like very grateful that they were they weren't like pushing how they felt about something on me necessarily they always they let me watch whatever i wanted to watch yeah like i thought halloween h2o was the greatest thing and I didn't want to watch Halloween, the first one, until a little bit later. My dad was like, "All right, do what you want, do what you gotta do." I mean, the only one he was like set on was Star
1: Wars. He wanted me to watch the originals and then the and then because the prequels because all that one thing that matters to us, you know, yeah,
0: right? And that he was like, he was like, "I'll let you watch the prequels. Just just watch the because he took me to see Phantom Menace in theaters. That was, I think, one of the first movies I ever saw in the a theater after the um prequel trilogy um but again i feel a new hope is my least favorite of the original trilogy
1: and see it it still stands out to me as like the the most important film of, of my young life probably is just because it did all exactly. these things that you know everything else is compared to
0: right and that's well i think like my favorite film of all of them include even the present ones one one to eight is um return of the jedi
1: i love jedi
0: i think it's incredible and i remember because it had the most impact on me as far as villains because villains were very important to me i'm gonna shut up soon i promise i just want to get this out there um villains were always important to me and i remember like you hear about the emperor the entire time and it's like oh my god this is the guy that vader worships vader bows to this guy and then the 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 door to the shuttle opens and you see this crippling old man stumble out of uh, out of the shuttle and i'm like are you are you fucking kidding me this is the emperor of the galaxy this is the guy that vader w- bows down to and then you get to the last scene where where luke is like fuck you no i'm not turning to the dark side and he's like all right Shh, fucking lightning fingers and i'm like holy shit yeah <laughs> it's like i was like fucking lightning fingers Motherfucker. Uh, like that's why Vader worship Vader worships him. Hell yeah.
2: Imagine if he so was think, finger banging a chick and his lightning fingers went off. He oh my god, she like, shoots out of her mouth
0: just like he vaporizes her insides. I didn't
2: mean it's, it's very too... similar to when somebody sticks a finger up
1: your ass and they got those Lee press on nails. <laughs> just me? All right, never mind. Nope. Uh no a, and so Aaron just recently watched the original Robocop for the first time. Oh
2: my god. I'm ah, going to get more beards.
1: Some months back now. But but the thing is, is that it holds up. You know, it's it's not it's not the same as seeing it in the 80s when it like completely blows your fucking mind of, of what this movie is doing. But, but it holds so up. Funny. She really liked it because it's a good quality film. It's it's got a good story. The the thing about what we complain about with a lot of the the horror remakes and stuff is that the heart of what was originally there doesn't seem to be there in the remakes. Um, And that's why I don't think that they they're worth the time, but I haven't seen the new child's play. I know that you enjoyed the new child's play, right?
0: Very much because it was different. Right. It was an AI as opposed to Charles Lee Ray being a serial murderer who inhabited the body of a doll. It was different. And it's the first time I felt, you feel sympathy for Chucky because he's doing what he thinks Andy wants. Like there's a part where Andy's like stupid, stupid cat. The cat like jumps off and like claws his arm. He's like, "Ow!" And he like he's like, oh, "Stupid fucking cat." And so Chucky starts choking the cat. And then he's like, "No, what, what are you doing?" And he and he rips the doll away, puts it in the bedroom. And it just cuts to. Chucky's sitting on the bed looking like a like a scolded child. And he's just like, I'm sorry, Andy. Like he didn't mean to. Right. He, he, he has no vindictive or malicious intentions. It's just how he
1: is. He's learning humanity. Yeah. And and again, that that's the thing. It does something else. It it gives you something new and it has an actual story and heart to it, um, which is a funny thing to say about a horror movie. But that realistically, that's what gives him film longevity. There's some films that have, have consisted for for decades or 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 longer and and it's because they were made with a, a pureness of creativity and heart and so people still relate to it to this day which is not to say that you can't do that today it's just that when all you're doing is emulating the tropes and all you're doing is emulating the lines and you're just repeating the same formula you're not giving anything to the audience to hold on to, and people know when something rings hollow. They they feel it inside, and it's like, okay, there's something really missing in this, and it's just like that, that's a blockbuster film versus a a film that's going to to stick with you. The as much as I enjoy the Marvel films, the thing that sticks with me the most is uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. That movie I watch all the time because it just it it does so much. And it really hits home as to who the character of Cap is, better than anything. And and it's become like my favorite superhero film, and it's up there next to the Christopher E. Superman for me. It's like this just really encaps, encapsulates heroism, heroism, and um, and being true to the the country and then the nation without being beholden to the people who are just in charge of it. Like I can't get enough of that movie, but it could have just been like Cap punches shit for an hour,
0: right? No, yeah, And it's like, and everyone—I feel like everyone has that one film where it's like that. This is this is what a Marvel film should be. I I've yet to meet anyone who likes who likes all of them equally, right? Each one has that one for me. It's I love Guardians of the Galaxy too. It's just because it's a good movie. It's because hey, I like the characters.
2: Guess what? The what? other speaker at my ca- my conference was Gamora's uh, stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was here for something. Oh, man. I was telling the truth, by the way. No. <laughs> I like, think they really worried. It made no fucking sense. Oh, man. <sighs> no,
0: it's like, it's odds. I think. Wait, what was her name? Do you know what her name is? Matt doesn't know nope, her name. The... I went to I went to school with she, one of the stunt doubles she was from that movie.
2: British or Australian? She had a different Sophie,
0: accent.
2: Ooh. her name? She might, might be.
0: I went to school with her. That's her name. I went to school with her.
2: let me see if it's on the website. Did she have short hair? No, nah, I was like medium brownish.
0: Was it like? Was, oh well, maybe not. Cause I went to school with a girl who was a stunt double in that film, and she's British. She's from the UK. Um, Sophie Baker's her name.
2: She was no Chloe Bruce. She was also a stunt double oh, no. in. Um, she uh raised stunt double in Star Wars too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So she did some fucking cool. lightsaber thing. I was rocked on edibles. It was pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I I bought too much. I had to get rid of them. So. Yeah, really sidetracked that conversation.
0: Yeah, let's talk about 1408. Is, that, I, is that what I get for being on five times? You're gonna send me some edibles?
2: No, well, that's illegal. <laughs> when it's legal in both our states, then yes, and legal to send through the U.S. Postal Service. Well, well I think I other... think it's legal if it's legal in both states. Wow, because like I can I can purchase CBD and have that shipped to me because it's legal everywhere. Just saying, man. That's a different. That's the pod, That's the podcast of. Illegal drug smuggling. Illegal drug. <laughs> uh, well,
1: what a no. weird episode of This American Life that would be.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit!
1: Uh, All right, so so telling a story and uh, and doing something that that kind of sticks with you. Let's let's talk about fourteen oh
2: eight. Yeah, I've only been asking to talk about fourteen oh eight for a goddamn hour. Well,
0: we're an hour in. That's usually when we start the talk. No, about you're not so wrong.
2: I'm just fucking. <laughs> I can't see the chat, so I don't even know if people are talking. For whatever reason, it says it's disabled. Yeah, it That's says it's disabled for me too. Too. I don't fucking threw up a little. I didn't even click anything, so sorry. Maybe it's
0: on their YouTube because I think aren't we like live on YouTube?
2: Yeah, but Lightstream normally has the chat show up. I don't. It it decides how it wants to feel every day.
0: Let me see. I'm gonna look and see how it is. <sighs> yeah, is so there
2: 10... like a live
0: chat on YouTube?
2: No. Dogs oh yeah, the there party. is. Oh, there is. How many 87 yeah. messages have I?
0: Erica missed? G.
2: Oh fuck that girl.
0: Commented on on YouTube.
2: Yeah, fuck her. Anyways, let's talk lie. about 1308.
0: Ed, if you get arrested for drug smuggling, I'm not bailing you out.
2: Ah that fucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh 1408.
2: 1408.
0: So Did I finally bring one that you guys like?
2: Oh, I, I have not seen this movie in a very, very, very long time. I just want to start with that.
1: Same. And I think I left it with a better impression of it this time than I did when I originally saw it.
0: That's good.
2: Um I'm trying to think. I don't remember what I I don't remember what I thought the first time I saw it, but I do remember what I thought the second time I saw it. um you didn't like it i i did i did like it until the end i I thought the end kind of sucked a little bit but that's
0: which ending did you watch
2: um the ending what's that
0: do you remember what happens in the ending that you saw
2: yeah no uh, he's at him and his wife get back together so he's starts on fire he's at the, the house with his wife and then he pulls out the tape recorder, and then it has the recording of their daughter. Her and then, daughter.
0: yeah, is yeah. that the ending you saw, Corey?
2: Yes, I think we watched the same oh, source. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Why? Which one um, did you see? I didn't even know
2: that there were different endings.
0: I, I love either. Yeah, the version I have, because I know that ending too. Um, I prefer the director's cut ending, and in the director's cut, he dies in the room. Oh. She. He hears his 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 daughter's voice comes from the vent and says, daddy, everybody dies. And then he starts to cry and the camera pans out and the letters melt off of the door.
1: So it's the original clerk's ending.
0: It's
2: clerk's ending. Yeah. The original clerk's yeah, ending. We're done. to get shot.
0: Basically. Oh yeah. 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 And then they, and then there's a scene in the funeral and, uh, what's his name? Samuel Jackson's character listens to the tape recording.
2: And does he hear
1: him talking to his daughter?
2: Yeah, I think I would have rather seen the ending I saw. To be honest,
1: yeah, same here. Really, I feel yeah. like, it, and I mean, obviously, not having seen the other ending, I can't be too critical of it. But I feel like it—it it still leaves you with this sense of loss uh, because there was something there. In fact, they, the fact that they get to share the loss is makes it even more tragic. Is that his wife, uh, Mary McCormick character? hears the daughter's voice knows that at some point he experienced a moment where he got to see her and be around her again. And all this stuff that he's been probably talking about and writing about since that moment is actually based around something true. And she's probably not trivialized it, but didn't necessarily believe it. And then hearing that, that voice and him just kind of like looking like shit. Yeah. And her being just totally floored by it really hits harder. I think than him Dying. Him dying gives him an out.
0: Yeah, I'm I mean I'm trying to, I think it depends on how you because I'm like I'm very I think his skepticism throughout the entire the first like I want to say what the first like what forty minutes he enters yeah, the room but it's, 40 minutes of the film. Yeah. It's like that's my favorite part of the, of the film. My favorite part of the film is His like when he checks into the fake hotel, and like you know talks to the tape recorder. I love the like watching artists work, and the fact that he's just like, I don't want to say just, but like the fact that he's doing it primarily just to debunk the supernatural. Well, but he at the same time he wants that's that thing. It just doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did really like the fact that even though shit is going awry and he's like this is not right, he's still like totally makes sense. Someone's they were in the closet the all they... yeah so i'm like that was really cool and then shit gets real 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 fucked up and then he really has no choice but to realize what's happening but then at that point i'm like mm, not it, it got a little too out of control for me but yeah. i still like really appreciate it for what it was um like when i was watching this i remember thinking like i feel like this is where escape rooms started like the concept where you're in a room you can't get out of and you have to figure out how to fuck to get out of it right Maybe right, maybe wrong, but... um...
0: Well, yeah, no, well, yeah, it is. I mean, it is right. It's just, like, I I think this is a more creative way of doing it. Like, he climbs out of the window, says, oh, I'm going to climb into the the window next door, and it's the only window on the side of the building. Yeah. They all disappear. It's like, he literally cannot get out of the room. Like, even, like, what is the... The spirit says, when he answers the phone at the end, and uh, the spirit in the phone says... um, even if you leave this room, you can never leave this room. Like his psyche will always be trapped there, and the things that he's seen will all he he will never recover from it.
1: Um and the room basically says the only thing you can do is kill yourself to, right. to stop being tortured.
0: Their express checkout service.
1: Yes. Uh which is which is pretty good. But I I like the fact that he he decides whereas everybody else has kind of succumbed to the room and killed themselves. He's willing to die, but in doing so, what he, his point is to destroy the room. He he plans to, to die in there when he starts a thing on fire. Uh and, and is given hints the whole time of the Brummy Alive thing. Uh, but he he doesn't expect to escape. He, he he just this is his way of like no one else is gonna have to go through this shit. I'm gonna take this motherfucker out. I'll take myself out with it to achieve this this means, you know, yeah. I'm not going to go through be tortured over and over again um but I'm not going to die on your terms, I'm going to die on my terms.
0: Mm-hmm. And um the, a thing I like about that is that he gave up smoking, but ultimately that's what saves him. Yeah. They do that a lot with with Stephen King's. He does that a lot in his in his writing, which is one thing I like about the book ending of The Shining. Um, is that he forgets he's supposed to? Jack Torrance is supposed to fix the boiler or turn the boiler down so it doesn't overheat. And when the demons take hold of him, well, we could have a whole four-hour conversation about what exactly is going on with Jack Torrance and The Shining. I'm just giving the express um, explanation. It he that is what destroys him. His 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 hold to the hotel. The thing he was supposed to do. But forgot, and now that's why the hotel explo- The hotel burns down in in the ending of of the uh, Shining. But I'm glad they changed it in Kubrick's film because I don't think this story would have been written. I don't think this film would have been made if those endings were that similar in film adaptation. If that right. makes sense, I don't know. But even like, there are so many ties to the Shining. The character's name. In um, the care, the, not the caretaker, the general manager of the Overlook and The Shining is called Stuart Olman, and Samuel Jackson's character is called Gerald Olman. It's like,
1: yeah. and and that's there's a lot of, as I was watching this, there's just a lot of things that feel like it's The Shining, but they're they're they Stephen King's stories, and Stephen right. King's has a tendency to go over the same thing over and over again. Right, um, that's why in the at least the the more recent version of it the the first chapter feels a lot like stand by me at the way that the kids act and interact and everything it just he kind of has the same thing that he does it, it's i don't want to call it a trope but in this we've got uh oh it's a writer in a fucking hotel uh yeah okay it must be a stephen king story it's just that's who he is and and now he's being visited by ghosts and stuff and spirits yeah okay sure that that i i see i see the the trappings there but i i think what we were kind of alluding to earlier is that it's a it's a very different version of that story that for me was more compelling it again going only by the film versions because he's trying to actually get somewhere you know the the struggle of The Shining is Jack kind of succumbing to the Overlook, and this right. is someone fighting against the room, fighting against what it's trying to do to him. Right. Uh which would be a different story. Uh, while he's got a wife and kid, in the context of the story, they're not a part of what's going on in the the hotel, and so they're they're kind of his his keys to get out of it more than anything. His his struggles to get away from this revolves around them. Whereas in The Shining, it's like, I've succumbed to this, and now I want you guys to to succumb to it, too, in, in right. whatever way that I'm going to happen.
0: Well, and, and I mean, Mike Enslin and Jack Torrance are two very different characters, because, I mean, Jack Torrance already has, like, a hint of unhinged before he even goes to the Overlook. Mm-hmm like he's i mean he's abused his son he, not intentionally but he's a, a functioning alcoholic he's in all these things and lashes out at the people he loves mike enslin has become this type of person because he lost someone that he loves right so it's it's very it's two very different journeys and i think i mean it doesn't explain it i've i've never read the short story that this is based on but i mean would you guys say that do you think he was a, a, a brilliant writer or before he before he lost his daughter? Because, I mean, he has that one book that he wrote about his dad that, peop, that he... Because, like, when he gets that book signed in the beginning, she asks him, oh, are you going to write another one like this? And he says, uh, nah, it's a different guy.
1: I mean, that's what it alludes to, is that he... I mean- He's a very capable writer, but he's gone to this commercial thing because he doesn't have the heart to do that other thing anymore. And, and the vulnerability of it. And we don't get a lot of what his relationship with his dad is, but it's probably, he probably feels like because he's lost his kid that writing about a relationship between a father and a child is outside of his means now. And he doesn't want to be honest. He doesn't want to to bleed on the page in that way. he, he wants to do something that's safe and something that he can be critical of right. and not have to be a part of. So he's sitting there and he's like, yeah, I write these books about these scary places. What's the scariest place? Well, honestly, I think it's all bullshit, but I'm not going to tell you that because you're the audience who buys my books. Right. So... Well,
0: he out says, like he says that in his in his Q&A that he has at the bookstore. He says, yeah. He's like so saying there's no such thing as ghosts. I'm saying I've never seen one. And yeah, then he's like, I, "Like, where, where, where should I go if I want to catch a real ghost? Orlando, right? Like, it's like
1: a mansion in Orlando. Care.
0: He doesn't care.
1: I, 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 first of all, John Cusack is the best person to play this part. Like, I, is there anybody better at self narration in a film of his role? Like, you, you do things like this, uh, gross Point Blank." Uh, the what was the record one? The
2: um Tower Records.
1: Tower Records. Oh. No, that can't be right. Uh, what? but still, it, it's like Tower Records is the actual record store. Fuck. Um, oh, with
2: John Cusack. Um. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. It's not Empire Records. Oh, but, Empire um, Records. Yes. That's no, what Empire I was Records thinking, of, but that's not team. what. It, yeah, that's not High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Thank yes. you. Uh, that
1: kind of stuff where again you get to a point where you're familiar with somebody and you you understand how they're working but if you go back to the lloyd dobler days like the the way he just sits and talks and pontificates to the camera where you you just sit there and listen to him like all of the words that were said by this character sound right coming out of his mouth you know right. he was he was just totally like the right choice.
0: lines at any point it felt like he was organically
1: talking yeah, because he's a writer. He 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 talks like a writer because he actually is himself a writer. Right. I think he just nails that. My
0: favorite actors. Yeah, mine too. I like. I I was. I did an interview um with Tori from Pop Horror, mm-hmm. and one of the questions that she asked me was, "Who could, would if you could work with anyone in the industry, who would you want to work with?" And I gave her two, three actors. First one was Josh Stewart from the Collector movies. Yep. Second was Brendan Fraser, because I fucking love the mummy. I
1: love Brendan Fraser. He's so great. And the third so was
0: John Cusack because he has the, the ability to act uninterested while at the same time hanging on to every word that you're saying to him. Yeah. And you get that he's processing the information, but he looks, he can look so uninterested. And I think that's it's brilliant. Cause I never see him working anytime I watch a film that he does. Yeah. And I think he's, he's just, oh, he's so good. He was, he did another Stephen King um, movie. He did sell. Okay. Which you guys should check out. He does it. He did it with, um, with Morgan Freeman.
1: I and would definitely check that out.
0: And they're both great in it. But, um, yeah, I think he gives like, he, he even like in the first, again, the first 40 minutes is my favorite before he even gets to the room. Like I love when he goes into the bookstore and he walks down the stairs and, and the guy's like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, I'm here for the big event.
2: <laughs> that was like really the, funny to me. Like
0: the awkward silence. And he's like, Oh, cool. And he goes, I'm Mike Enslin. And he's like, sorry. And yeah. he picks up his <laughs> own picture. <laughs> and he's like, He's like, oh yeah, that's you. It's a good picture. He's like, thanks, man. And then he just goes, and it's like, I think it's it's my favorite scene in the movie because he's so, he knows that he's washed up, but he's milking every second of it.
1: Well, he knows being on the road and and those kind of events, like half of them at least, are bullshit. Like, exactly. Crap. Uh, like
0: even like his 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 agent played by uh, Tony Shalhoub. played by um Shalhoub is like. He's like talking to a bunch. Of he's like, yeah, this, that, you know, whatever. Listen, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to take this call. Okay. Hey, Mike, read the first two chapters. last night. spooky shit. Yeah. It's <laughs> like he doesn't give a fuck. And he's like, great. Hey, did you take care of that thing? Like he knows that his manager's like doing other stuff and doesn't really that va- I don't think value him as a client, but he's like, he just he he wants to be passionate. And that's why he wants to stay in room 1408 because he knows that he can't.
1: Right. That the well, I think he's also not used to being said no to. He's used to people just running all over him, like, "Please come to our hotel, buy into our bullshit, sell it to other people, so that we can get the business." And to hit that wall of like, "No, fuck off, we don't want you here." Right. The yeah, old fuck huge. off wall.
0: Even like yeah. in the op- in the opening scene, that's like perfectly shown. Like when he stayed, when it literally opens with him staying at that. That old like hotel that's run by the couple, and the ho- opening scene just ends with him talking into the to the to the tape recorder, and he's like, you know, she says she hasn't slept a week since acqu- since slept a wink since acquiring the inn, and I believe her. No, no, no. I pity her. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like he knows that these people are just like, man. I don't know. I don't know why what, what I'm talking about. I just I really I love this movie.
1: So one thing for me is that we've had an abundance of movies of people being haunted mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them just feel the same. They go through the same kind of tropes. They go through the same kind of jump scares and they don't go any further. I felt like this one did a lot of stuff. It, it feels very dense. Like once he gets into the, and he realizes the room, there's something bigger there going on, or at mm-hmm. least he start to suspect that he's being fucked with her or something shit really starts happening fast. It's not a, a slow, drawn-out, like, minute scares. Like, this is really pushing the the effects, the the ideas. Like, it, it does do the, the... One of the tropes that I kind of, like, get hung up on these days is the play the same song over and over again. Uh, although this feels more akin to Groundhog's Day than it does to playing uh, Tiptoe Through the Tulips in uh, the first Insidious film. But it it it's so many different things and when he's walking around with a black light and he's looking and he's seeing like the i assume blood stains although it could be other kind of stains in a hotel uh and he but he's seeing like that the little flashes of people who died there and everything and it's building the the realism that this happens also builds a realism that hotels don't change that fucking top bedspread ever you should all carry a black light if you travel you motherfuckers don't want to lay on a hotel bed as is it will ruin you if you knew what was going on in that thing um but he he walks around the room and he you're seeing the evidence that people died here like it's not fake there's blood splatters across the paintings and stuff there's there's places where he just you get the idea like he knows that part's real but when they start involving things and shit like comes like he looks in the mirror and he sees somebody behind him and turns around and that person's actually in the room and runs at him and then disappears Shit happens! And that's the thing that I think a lot of ghost story movies miss, is that shit just doesn't happen. It's it's a lot of atmospheric noise and no actual substance. There's substance to this, and I they, like that.
0: They, feel they need to build up to something Yeah, when there are, there are generations of things that have happened in this room, so there's endless possibilities.
1: And just the idea that the room is like, well, you know about these four suicides in it but what about the natural deaths and that there's like 50 something people who died naturally in the room but the newspapers don't talk about it because it doesn't right. matter to them like that's a great fucking thing and the whole hard sell of Samuel Jackson to try to get him out of it is a really good scene and Samuel Jackson is not utilized in this movie very much but he's u- utilized effectively right right and the same sort of thing is like you see him on the screen, and you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to get out of him, but it's a solid performance. You know, he doesn't phone it in at all,
0: mm-hmm. right? And I mean, aside from like this is the probably the first serious thing I had ever seen him in. Before this, it was Mace Windu and Snakes on a Plane for me, at least. I mean, I don't know because I didn't see him in a whole lot, but um, he's he that I, like you said that scene. That that scene with the two of them in the office is just—it's effective because you get the urgency. He's like, "Do not stay in that fucking room."
1: Yeah, and and the, the like. I I walk to that room. I walk in this hallway once a month, and that's it. You know, so I'll see right. you then.
0: Yeah, and that's like because he just he just goes up in the elevator and he's like, "I'm this is as far as I go unless it's that time." But it's it's um like even like the natural deaths he's like yeah the this one this one guy drowned in his chicken soup and you're like that's how did he do that and then there's a scene where the painting with the with the ship in it just water just floods through the wall yeah and it's like got it
1: <laughs> yeah it like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't hold back on the room is literally working against him right and and, and the stuff with the the oper- like when the operator says that someone's going to come up and check the uh, the thermostat thing, you're like, but is somebody going to come up and check the thermostat? And then th- some guy does, and he's like, yeah, but I'm not fucking walking in there. <laughs> it's like, see ya, <laughs> you do it, you dumbass. It's like just jiggle that thing and do this, and you're good. Like it, it, it stays a hundred percent feeling authentic, in right. in a in a in a crafted you know work of fiction where the incredible happens it still feels real in in a lot of ways um and and his stuff like the probably the most effective scene to me was the first time when he starts to realize that something is fucked up like legitimately fucked up either that he's drugged or something else is when he's waving to the person across to at the other building to the window there And then the person gets up and starts emulating everything he's doing. And then he holds the light up to himself and it's his own face, but a different version of him. I was like, shit, that is well done. Like the whole thing of like moving in conjunction and stuff is like, oh, he's seeing his own reflection. And then you see the light come up, but it's not a reflection. It's it's another form of who he is or could have been. Right. That was so good. Like I was I was in after that. I was boom, got me because it's not a hard effect to do it's not mind-blowingly like complicated it just worked. right no yeah and it it paints also that at some point the room is controlling not just what's happening to him but in a way him it's creating an aspect of him to sh- to explain later on like when when they find you dead the evidence they're going to see is you killing yourself. Right. You know, it's not going to be about the room. It's going to be Biden about you.
0: Is is, is non-existent to the outside world. Cause they're just going to see him hanging from the rafters or something.
1: And the, the countdown of the hour on the clock. Um, and then it resetting later on, like just starting all over again. Yeah. What yeah. a fucking stab at the balls. Like just <laughs>
2: totally like,
1: <laughs> I made it! I made it through the hour. And it's like, nope. <laughs> just click. No. He's like, you'll relive this hour over and over again. We're we're not. We're just gonna keep doing this to you again and again and again. You now that you know what you're in for, don't you want to just throw yourself out the window? Mm-hmm. Don't you just want to take this garret and hang yourself? It's like shit. Yeah, I like kinda. I
0: like the act that they did with the ghosts though. How they look like holographic versions of like. 1940s photographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever they show up,
1: and anytime something goes out the window, it kind of hits a static point, like it goes off of a TV screen.
0: Yeah. right.
1: Like this is a well done film. Like I, I, I didn't really recognize is. the the person who directed it or anything, but it just it all comes together. Like it's a it's a good solid piece of work. That and I I think. I'm glad that you pointed it out to me because I do remember seeing it before and probably would have never looked at it again for the fact of like I didn't have a lot to to say about it the first time, but it it's just it's so solid you know this is a kind of movie that I think is an underdog horror movie that needs to have you know not be at like the top of everybody's list of my favorite horror movies, but it's like it should be on a shelf oh yeah
2: yeah i mean i I totally agree like there. <clears throat> as much as I don't care for the the ending that I saw, I don't think it was a bad ending. Um if you asked me to write a better ending, I couldn't. For a number of reasons, mostly because I don't know how to write. Um both intellectually and physically.
0: Um <laughs> You guys don't give yourself enough credit.
2: I'm just fucking. I play the drums, man. Don't you
0: leave me guys out are? Would you
2: say? I said I play the drums. Leave me out of this. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. No, I think this is a really good movie, and for, for my childhood love and turning into an adult love of Stephen King, like it, it, it's held true. I mean, I totally definitely. I want to watch it again try and like pick up things that i missed before so there's it's I
0: think definitely give it a chance watch the watch the director's cut ending and then let me know what you think yeah because sure. I'd, I'd love to hear you guys what you, even if it's not on here what you guys are like think of it because it's very different because i remember the ending that that with with the um him dying in the room is the ending that i saw initially and then it played on tv like a couple years later this is when i was like a uh, preteen, and I was like, "That's not the ending." So maybe it's just the effect that that's the ending I saw. It's
1: there there possible. can be something but, to that, but I I think it yeah no I think, I it think it's, it's also you're right that it changes the tone of of what it's about and and there's so yeah it's a it's a winner ending or a losing ending and I think they both show loss but there is the survivor portion of it. And I don't think that that's that's a bad ending per se. It's just, I I feel like, one, we go through the part where he gets out of the room and starts going about with his life again, and And then then is suddenly dragged back in. He's shown that none of it was real. And so having a second ending where he gets out does complicate things in that, it's like, what am I supposed to buy into it this time?
0: And that takes up, like, that's like 30, that's like 25 minutes of the film yeah is is him getting out of the room and then just getting, it's kind of a punch to the nuts
1: it really is which like, is why it's so long
0: it's like i would have been fine if it's just like they show a little bit but they redo his entire day from the surfing to picking up mail and everything in
1: between and and the picking up mail scene is such a great scene when the guys like all the people from the hotel and everything and they just start tearing the whole thing down and you see the room yeah. is encompassing this false world that he's, he's been living in. You're just like, we tear down the walls and you've been trapped here the entire time. That is so good. But, you know, the most heart-wrenching thing, of course, is when his daughter comes to him physically and, and he's holding her and she just slips away. Like, wow. Just, that is fucking torturous.
0: And there's a similar moment. I don't know this director very well. Like, I I've seen one other film that he's done and he's done, I guess, a lot of stuff. Um, But he did... Did you guys... Have you seen the Anthony Hopkins movie, The Right?
1: Mm-mm. No.
0: He plays um, a, a retired exorcist for the church who's training an apprentice, and he becomes possessed by the devil.
2: Cool. And so now it's
0: up to the apprentice who's new to get him out of there and it's a great film and there's a scene not exactly but similar to that in the right and i was like this is a lot like 1408 and then i looked it up and it was the same guy okay but it's it's done differently but it's like tonally like this guy has a style and that moment is so like heart-wrenching i love it
1: it was already heart wrenching enough that she she's now dead in his arms. But then the alarm goes off and she just turns into ash and he crushes. Crumbles. Oh man! Because then that loses all the physicality of even having her in that regard. It's just like everything that you love is is gone to the point where you don't even get to to touch it or feel it anymore. Like that is so visceral in in the execution of that moment and like it. And that's why I like the ending too, is because. Even if he gets away, he still gets the visceral feeling of like, but she was actually there. That literally happened.
0: It doesn't go away.
1: He's got a, an evidence of like, this was not false. This is not a dream. This actually happened. And for a moment, for one brief moment, you had your daughter back in your arms again. That That's hardcore.
2: I really wanted the um, dramatic pause there. You also Carter wanted the Drink that he's drinking through the whole thing, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Was that whiskey? Was it Scotch? I'm not, I'm not sure. I felt like it was Scotch. Um, then no, because I don't like Scotch. Scotch no. tastes like fucking bog water. <laughs> I don't like peat. Uh, do you want to rate this thing? I guess. Yeah, I mean, Anthony, you're
1: the guest. You I'm would have the... to lead on this.
2: I'm gonna. Uh... Oh man. Well, but. I
0: want to spend the rest of my life with this movie, guys.
2: All right. Uh, I guess you're going to marry. i
0: also want to do essential essential uh, uh, fucking every now and again.
2: Well, I mean, you're you when you're married, you get to fuck once in a while.
0: That's true. So really? It's
2: assumed. That's a rule? Once in a great great while. Oh, okay. It's not a but rule. does the
0: movie get to like, carry my my balls around in its purse? <laughs> no, you it's can like, you can like,
2: still be the man in the relationship. That's cool
0: all right yeah i'm gonna marry this film
2: yeah the purse is like matt's cheek pockets Uh, (laughs) it's like like a chipmunk they're just in my cheek
1: uh i came in thinking that i was gonna not to the the recording of this episode but to watching the movie again i came in thinking it was going to be a sexy time at best uh but i'm i'm with anthony i love this movie i i i think it's it's one that now I'll look forward to when it shows up on cable in the middle of the night, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, 1408's on. I'm gonna pop that up and 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 rewatch that." You know, it's it's certainly worth um, giving a second or third viewing, uh, especially if there's multiple endings. You know, like Clue.
2: Um, I don't know, man. I was I was a fuck. It might still be a fuck. Ah, I'm a fuck with an option to marry, yeah. which is not often the case. No, is not...
1: the
0: ending the only issue that you take with the film? Do you like it like the rest of it, or is it? I,
2: I enjoyed the rest of it. I didn't. I didn't love the rest of it, but I I liked yeah. it enough to want to watch it again. Cool. So, like, yeah, if, I, I if
1: nothing it. else, I would rewatch it over and over again for the performance of, of John Cusack. But I think there's so much there, anyways, that is also really good. It it elevates it for me. Matt, Matt would, you
0: would you fuck the you... film and wait till the morning?
2: <laughs> I would fuck it and make it breakfast. How's that?
0: Like, would you hang around? Till the... Yeah, I'd make would it you make breakfast, it breakfast the next yeah. morning, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. sandwich and fair
1: <laughs> I mean, can't you just double down and get Uber Eats? Like, hey, come pick up this, <laughs> this slut can, and and bring her some fucking bagel sandwiches. Like that. Can, can that's you swing, swing by
2: McDonald's and bring this this piece of trim in my bed a burrito? Uh, that that's what we're missing. I I feel like that's that's the the final call for
1: Uber is pick up this slut. <laughs> I just get her a Denny's grand slam so she knows what this meant. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <sighs>
1: I really love the inherent sexism of the final moments of the show. It's always yeah. my favorite part
2: <sighs> I guess um Anthony, where can people find you on the internet if they so choose to do so um and all of your eight hundred and forty seven movies
0: <laughs> uh i I'm on facebook um instagram twitter don't use twitter but i have it it's there i don't expect any updates on it um and i have an imdb which if i'm working on something or it's in development that's the first place it'll go actually my facebook page is probably better because that's usually where announcements are made and stuff so i'd say my facebook page my my professional artist page
1: and so i mean you mentioned that abstraction's been released now we we still got to get together and, and talk about that at some point. But uh, where would you like people to to go find that?
0: So um, it's available on Vimeo On Demand uh, through Angerman Distribution. So if you go to Vimeo On Demand um, and just click in Angerman Distribution, it's one of the first titles you can rent it there. Or if you go to, um, let me see, one second. I think it's uh, the Concept Media llc.com uh you can pre-order a copy of the blu-ray in time for halloween and you can pick up a copy there
2: do it nice do it
0: that's what that's what i'm excited about i'm just excited to like put it on the shelf next next to like uh ryan reynolds proposal and just how neat it looks
1: are you talking about the sandra bullock ryan reynolds yeah i love that fucking movie me too Shit, that is a goddamn Mary for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Even the silly-ass scene of, of of her and Betty White dancing around in the woods. like I don't give a shit. I know that was added on later on. That was tacked on for comedy's sake, but fuck it. I love it. <laughs> I was watching, uh, just briefly, I was watching uh, Miss Congeniality today. I'm like, goddamn, Sandra Bullock is so good. She is. So she's, goddamn she's good.
0: I, I haven't we haven't seen her in anything in a while. I haven't.
1: No. I mean, but, yeah, but she she's she's done some great stuff.
0: But yeah, just just put it on the shelf. I probably won't even. I mean, the last thing I want to do is watch it because I've spent the last year editing it and shooting it. But I just want to see it on the shelf. It's always nice to see like a home release of a DVD or a Blu-ray that you, of a film that you made just on the shelf.
1: Oh, it's a physicality. Sure. there's a lot of people who, who write that you know you think publishing ebooks, you probably get a broader audience you probably get more people finding your stuff because of the fact that you know, it's in an Amazon like, store that oh, everybody can just buy in the middle of the night right but there's that sense of like yeah, but I wrote a book, I want it on a shelf you know I want I want to smell the paper, I want to feel the the cover right. I want all that stuff. I, I totally get the, the enhanced tactality of that. Um, even if I find reading something on a Kindle more comfortable in in right. that yeah. moment, I still there's like the stuff that I love the most. I want to have up on a shelf.
2: I like Matt's dong. I just it's <laughs> fuck man. I really caught me off guard. Um, I really like digital music. Like I don't like having CDs anymore because it's clutter. But I still mm-hmm. frame every CD that I release and hang it on my wall.
0: Totally. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's an accomplishment. It's something yeah. that yep, that yep. you can see. It's not the internet could crash and burn tomorrow. The internet could completely go away. Mm-hmm. But I have that Blu-ray on the shelf.
1: And that is why I collected every toenail that I've ever cut off.
2: That's, That's fucking right. weird. Corey, of where any can people fi- <laughs> that I've ever met? <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? We need to get away from this toenail conversation.
1: <laughs> um, man,
2: I'm here. Okay, where and okay. What do you What do you want to push this week? Uh.
1: Well, I did mention Brook, bot Mountain. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, Give them- uh, Phil Root, David
1: Luzader, uh, a really great episode of the show. Uh, I think it's their hundred and first episode, so it shows that they've been at this for a while. They're changing up the format a little bit. It used to be, it started out as a show about the uh, the HBO series Westworld, and they tried to go in a sort of sci-fi territory when they ran out of Westworld episodes. Now they're they're breaking away from that a little bit. So they're, they they because you have to. You just get to a point where the the genre can't keep up, but they still bring really great, intelligent conversation uh, to the forefront, and and the discussion about the films uh, really stands out. It's it's one of my favorite movie review podcasts uh, around that and uh, movie around. So yeah, sweet.
2: Uh you can find me on Twitter. Nope deactivated my twitter when i found out scott stat blocked me uh <laughs> instagram matt the lifeguard um untapped two. Corey, what are we watching next week we were gonna watch it this week and then we had to swap anthony for this week not well first of all you're holding back uh don't be afraid to long dick it matt you
1: can also find matt on the monster madness podcast i guess which is really really fun uh Sorry, already really, really two I already had people that I dearly love on it and and now I've I've fallen deeply in love with a third with uh with Daniel. Oh I thought so was me. It, and it it's nice to see Matt treating
2: films with uh respect and sobriety that I don't know that he's ever brought to the game here. So the thing is, is we've been doing this for over four years. So I gradually yeah. just got drunker and drunker and drunker. And that is still a new show. So I have to treat it a little better. Plus it's on a cast, which is the a monster.
0: Real- madness is the new one. Yes. The Fast and the
2: furious one. No, <laughs> no cast and the furious still exists. Matt's traveling a lot. Like I think he's in Iceland for three weeks. Okay. Matt. Um, so that is like a once a month kind of thing. Monster madness is a weekly seasonal type deal. And
0: what kind con- what of con? sense
2: on that one, uh, monster movies. So, like the first season yeah. is classics, and then they're modern counterparts. So Erica is the mastermind behind the whole thing. So everything is layer is laid out by seasons. Um. So every season will kind of have a theme. So it's very. Feature
0: s- from the Black Lagoon
2: yet? We did. It's you on. Did? Se- it's, on it. it's in season That's one. It's in season one. That's my favorite. Yeah. So the. Uh, um. I can tell you maybe when it's coming out. I don't even know. They come out Mondays. Um,
1: okay. So far, we've had the releases of Dracula. Wolfman, uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. and Wolfman. Um, yeah. I, and, and because it's Erica, you know that there is a, a deeper level of of thought process into yes. the, the films and everything. Because uh, she, she's a researcher. <laughs> she, she knows this stuff. Mm-hmm. Really well, and uh, I like the little uh, quizzes that she does with you guys.
2: Yes. So I know normally she teases episodes, but if you actually listen to this and listen to that show, you'll get a little sneak peek. Um, the Mummy, 1932, comes out tomorrow. If you're actually listening okay. to this, the day that I release the audio, um, Creature from the Black Lagoon comes out next Monday, the 28th. Cool. And then I'll we will that. we will be rele- we will be recording this week, which we don't do live. Um, we're recording the Thanksgiving episode, which is Thanksgiving, with special guest my wife. Nice. Which we actually Thanks,
0: is that the one with the turkey?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. We haven't watched it yet, but uh, uh, so Alyssa again shows uh, up for other people. <laughs> fucking nine Never for me. Nine years of me podcasting. My wife is finally coming on to a show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I nice finally a voice. What's
0: that? Are you going to behave?
2: Yeah, I'll no. probably I'll probably behave a little more than normal, but she we've been married for almost eight years now, so she totally knows what ah. she's she's spending. Yeah, this isn't like a new marriage like we've we gotcha. we've been. Yeah, you think for Matt's like been phoning it in on the fucking show? <laughs> I, the marriage has got <laughs> to be even worse. Yeah, it's
1: it's a work in progress. He doesn't even close the bathroom door when he wipes his ass anymore. He's um, just like, yeah, I only close the bathroom
2: door when I'm pooping.
1: Yeah, True and and even story. then he like brings her in every once in a while. I have her proofread it.
2: No, that is. I little- didn't even do that. That, that's one of the few things that I will not allow. Is if I'm shitting, the door is closed. That is like, I don't, yeah, that's where I draw the line. I don't want to be looked at when I'm pooping.
0: It's like, you know. Like she's in the shower and you gotta go, you gotta
2: go. We have four bathrooms in our house. I'll go to a different one. Well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I'm just, Are you wealthy? <laughs> I live in Wisconsin. Oh, it's not expensive poor, to live here. Four
0: bathrooms.
2: Yeah, it's not expensive My to dog. live here. What's that?
0: Hot dog. Oh, hot dog. Filled I'm like, filled like, I, up I have
2: with chickens. Ah, the chickens stay outside. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Um, Corey, what are we watching, I see?
1: Uh, we are watching Sorority Girls at the Slime Ball bowl of rama Sorority
2: Girls at the Slime Ball Bowl-O-Rama. I was typing that out. Um, I'm excited because I used to bowl a lot.
1: Uh, you will be impressed with how much this has nothing to do with bowling. Uh, there's, I think there's probably like one scene where it actually hinges on the fact that it's a bowling alley. And other than that, it's it's just it's 1988 uh, schlock B-movie fair, but it has uh, several screen queens, including, I think, in my opinion, one of the the greatest, which is Linnea Quigley, mm. uh, certainly who I knew the most from, from uh, horror movies and stuff growing up. And it was made prominent on USA's Up All Night uh, with Rhonda Shearer. I'm amazed that. I pulled that one off. Yeah, that, that's what you get for sitting on your balls for two hours. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things that was late night fair. Most people probably have not seen it with the boobs. There's a lot of boobs and uh, some downstairs in this. So uh, just for that alone, it harkens back to the beginning of the podcast True, where we used to let you know if there was nudity. But overall, it was like it was between this and Killer Clowns, and I've been wanting an to, to watch this movie because I don't think I ever had really seen it all the way through. But it is such a a perfect named film that I wanted to get it on the show.
0: What is it? Sorority girls at
1: what? Sorority babes in the slime ball bowl-a-rama.
2: It rolls right off the tongue. I know.
0: I'll, I'll have yeah. to check. I'll have to check it out. When was it? Is it an eighties film? Nineteen
2: eighty eight.
1: Wow, okay. It, it was the same year as Killer Clowns from Outer Space, uh, which we were talking about doing, and I, I just kind of nudged Matt towards this because I figured Killer Clowns is something that somebody else will bring up to watch at some point. Yep. Right.
0: Have you guys seen Killer Clowns?
1: I have not. No. <laughs> not no. Just, both of us.
0: <laughs> you Both of you have never seen it?
2: Neither yeah. of us have seen Killer Clowns.
0: Well, you I've, f- I've had
2: a copy of my house for probably five years. Yeah, you got to keep never in mind a when we started show. doing the show, we both kind of realized like eventually someone's going to pick all these movies, so we stopped watching a lot of the classics. Assuming oh, I'm going to request
0: that right now. That needs to be not ne- That needs to be the week after next. I would. I need, to, especially if you guys have never seen it. I need to see you guys talk about it. <laughs>
2: We'll uh, okay. So we'll save Killer Clowns for your next visit, and we will we will discuss. I oh, don't
0: have yeah. to be. I just want yeah, yeah. to see you guys talk oh, about fuck. it. Oh, fuck.
2: Okay. I mean, I guess we could do that then.
1: We can definitely put it in the queue. But if we can yeah. find somebody who uh, also has a love of the movie or has never seen it and wants to come on and do it with us, I think we should. Because I feel bad stealing a guest's ability to to say, "I got I'll, to do the Killer Clowns movie I'll, on podcast I'll, of terror."
2: I'll text a couple of our normals and see if they want to if, they, if that's a movie that they love i'm actually have someone specific in mind right now um but my bladder is very full which means this episode needs to end <laughs> so uh if he's I- gonna pee in three of the four bathrooms i can't find my fucking mouse cursor um so yeah that's gonna do it for another episode of podcast we'll talk to you guys next week Stay scary everybody ah!